The year has come to an end, and now we decide which matches were the best of the year, and chances are you're going to disagree with them. We talk about it next on the Squared Circle Cycle Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, so many great matches this year. It's hard to really make a top five list, but we each made our own list, and we'll try to compare them to see which ones are the best matches of 2020. Starting off with number five, I'll let you start your list. Yeah, so this first one I was going back and forth on. I was not sure if I was going to include it on my list. I was like, do I really want to do this? Did I put it on the list? I think it belongs there, but I'm not sure. I went back and watched the match, and I'm confident that this match should be in the top five. Now, some people may disagree, and that's okay. This is all subjective. Uh, But the match that I actually have coming in at number five is the 2020 Men's Royal Rumble match. There's a few different reasons for this. One, uh, we talk about Brock Lesnar coming in at number one, really trying to go in there and uh, solidify the meaning of the match. Him being in there helps establish the match and legitimize it because he, at the time, he was the, the heavyweight champion, right? So him going in there at number one, eliminating 13 individuals throughout the match, having a really good strong showing, that really set the table for him being eliminated by, eliminated by Drew McIntyre. And then we obviously know what ends up happening with Drew McIntyre. He goes on to win. He goes on to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, ultimately beating Brock Lesnar. And we see where Drew McIntyre is currently right now. And it kind of started right then and there at the Royal Rumble or a little bit before the Royal Rumble for Drew McIntyre. So that's just one thing of the match that I liked a lot. The other thing, a couple small things here and there, uh, the interaction between Brock Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin could be something that was overlooked. Uh, the commentary team did a really good job pointing out that they were actually collegiate wrestling partners on the same team in, in college. So that was a nice little touch. Another thing that could have been overlooked, MVP's return actually happened in this Royal Rumble. Now, we all know where MVP currently is right now. The head are the leader of the Hurt Business. They're having a really good run. A couple of their small things, Ricochet being incorporated into the elimination of Brock Lesnar. We know that they had a little bit of interaction before that match. I think it was, uh, was it in Saudi Arabia where Brock went over Ricochet? Yes. So they had some tension going into that Royal Rumble, and obviously Ricochet got his revenge, if you want to call it that. He certainly played a part in the elimination of Brock Lesnar throughout Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar going face to face, Keith Lee being put over by Brock Lesnar in a big way, even though wasn't it wasn't anything crazy like Keith Lee being able to actually eliminate Brock, but in the short time that he was in there, they Brock put him over in a good way, right? The facials, the way that he reacted when he was coming out, their short interaction where they had the double clothesline spot, or Keith Lee being able to knock Brock on his ass, all important things. Uh, for the match and really setting the stage for Keith Lee, who at the time was on the NXT roster, not the main roster. Um, One of the most important things of 2020, maybe the most important thing to happen prior to fans not being able to attend live events, at least in the masses like we've seen in the past, was the return of Edge. So many times in previous Royal Rumbles, we've gotten the rumors, whether it's been CM Punk, Steve Austin, whoever, there's always one guy that's rumored to be returning. Now, this was a big rumor. A lot of people said it wasn't going to happen given that Edge had his neck issues. He did ultimately come back, made his return, uh, and was in the final four. Now, this is the important part, I think, of the match. When you look at the final four, you had Drew McIntyre, you had Roman Reigns, you had Orton, and you had Edge. Orton and Edge from this Royal Rumble match went on to have their epic feud, which I think we're going to get the culmination of that maybe at WrestleMania this year. Remains to be seen, but once Edge comes back, I think they'll revisit that. Orton being um, reinvigorated, really having 
something to work towards. He's gone on and had a really stellar 2020. We see where Drew McIntyre is in 2020. You look at Roman Reigns, he's having a great 2020. So just looking at the final four here of that Royal Rumble, I think this was the first Royal Rumble to truly deliver in a big way, not only in the match, but the way it was able to set the table for these guys in the uh, the year to come. And, and you know, I, I, I actually thought it was a really good Royal Rumble, but I do believe it is one of the top five matches of 2020 as well. You know what? Believe it or not, while the title says you'll probably disagree, I'm actually agreeing with you on this. My you number, number five? That is my number five match. Wow. My we number five. Not, we did not discuss this at all prior to this recording. No, we did not. We are not. We did not share any of our list prior to this. And yes, the men's Royal Rumble this year is my number five. And you pretty much said most of everything I was going to say anyway. It gave shine to a lot of guys that you probably wouldn't have recognized beforehand or they gave a little bit of a push ricochet being the one that helped drew mcintyre eliminating brock lesnar getting a championship match Mm -hmm. in the next month yes it was a quick squash match but still the fact that he had a wwe championship match in 2020 is still pretty good keith lee the return of edge brock lesnar dominating the first 14 entrants and everybody having some kind of tie into brock lesnar as they're entering the royal rumble obviously drew mcintyre winning it was just if You talk about the best Royal Rumbles of all time. Obviously, 1992 is there. 2001 is there. And I think this one is probably number three. This was one of the best Royal Rumbles ever. And I think a lot of people were well-received by it. And and the fact that it closed what I thought was a very good Royal Rumble pay-per-view and the first of many very good WWE pay-per-views, I think this has to go on the list. And especially with that moment that you talked about already, Edge returning. Like I said uh, in the live review of TLC this week, that Edge return gave me goosebumps, and it still does to this day, almost a year later. Such a good moment. Yeah, and when you talk about closure, this was really WWE kind of closing the book on Brock Lesnar as being that champion that, you know, some people were into him, but he certainly was divisive, and they look to their future. You look at where they are right now. you got Roman on the top on SmackDown, and you got Drew McIntyre on top. Uh, on Raw, and this was them really setting the table for what they were going to try to do going forward. I know a lot of times people are critical of them for not listening to the fans, but I think this is the one instance where they got it right, because where you look at everybody is, like I said, the final four, they're all in prominent roles, minus Edge due to injury, but Edge was on a path for an amazing return, Uh, and you look at Orton, Roman, and Drew, and they're all in great positions right now, too, so I definitely see this as one of the better matches of 2020. Definitely agree. So maybe we can start disagreeing here. Ralph, your number four match of 2020. My number four match, I am going to go with Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. This was an amazing match. I think this was the coming out party for Kyle O'Reilly. The match really speaks for itself. Adam Cole, as we know, is the focal point of the Undisputed Era. He's the leader of the group. He goes out there and steals the show. And the majority of the time, he's in the main event for whether it's been TakeOver or an episode of NXT where he's in the main event. And and he's been the guy that gets most of the attention. Kyle O'Reilly has been the guy that's kind of sat back and really hasn't been the guy to really steal the show. But in this case, he certainly went out there, silenced all the doubters or drew the attention that he so desired. He went out there and, you know, um, solidified himself as a top guy in the NXT roster. As we know, he's going to go on and face Finn Balor again. We just saw him had an amazing match with Pete Dunne, and he also got the pin in the War Games uh, main event there as well. So I I think that this match really helped set up his push 
for uh, his run in NXT that he's having right now. We'll see what the future holds for him if he ends up turning on Adam Cole. But I think this will go back, go down as one of his best matches. People are going to look back on this and say that was the start of Kyle O'Reilly being a prominent guy in and on NXT. So I, I think this match certainly should be up there in the top five. It is in mine, at least. It is a great match and definitely on my list for one of the best matches of 2020. And this is what was so hard to make a list on just to do five because <clears throat> I can make 20 matches. Yep. And today I have my five. Tomorrow I'll have a different five. And Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly is definitely on that list. But the one that I have here at number four, I think a lot of people might actually have as their number one, as they consider it the best tag team match of all time. And I'm talking about the one at AEW Revolution, the Young Bucks versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega for the AEW Tag Team Championship. This one here, obviously these four being best friends. You have the chemistry in the ring, the story being told. Will Kenny turn on Hangman? Will Hangman turn on Kenny? The fact that they were using each other's finishers and, you know, that was a big part of this, this match as well. Everybody was clicking on all cylinders. When the Young Bucks work with tag teams and wrestlers that work a more traditional sense, they shine so much better than the ones that are a little greener and from the independent scene and do that indie PWG style. Mm -hmm. This was definitely a, a better version of the Young Bucks than we sometimes see in the ring. This is where we see the best tag team in the world, the Young Bucks. And this isn't the only time the Young Bucks are going to be featured on my top five list. So I think this definitely has to be on that list. A great tag team match. Some, like I said, some consider it the best tag team match of all time, but <laughs> great match nonetheless. Yeah. And you actually made it really easy to introduce uh, a real, really easy transition for my next match, which is actually the match you're talking about right now. Hangman and Kenny versus the Bucks at number three for me. So I agree with everything you just said. I think that a lot of times people can be critical of the Young Bucks and the style that they like to work. But when they are in there with a team like FTR, or in this case, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, I think that's where they really truly shine because you get that dynamic where another tag team is trying to force the Bucks to work a style that they're not accustomed to working. Especially in this match, there were so many things that they were calling back to. The tension between Hangman and Kenny. We saw that that set the table for their feud. Uh, in that in the tournament there where Kenny ultimately won, went on to win the championship. So a lot of good things. A lot of good things came out of this match, and the match itself was great. So I have that at number three on my list. All right, number three on my list. I think a lot of people slept on, especially because it happened so early in this year and with the, the pandemic happening, you really forget that this match actually happened in 2020. Also, the fact that it wasn't even the main event of this two-night show for New Japan Pro Wrestling, I think a lot of people also slept on this. But this was the best match at Wrestle Kingdom, and to me, the best match from New Japan Pro Wrestling this year, and arguably the best junior heavyweight match I personally have ever seen. And that is for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, Hiromu Takahashi versus Will Ospreay. Now, this was... Basically, Hiromu Takahashi's coming out or coming back party. Coming back from that 
very serious broken neck injury that he suffered from Dragon Lee on that terrible suplex back in 2018. He comes back here to try to get back his championship that he never lost. Will Ospreay is transitioning from being a junior heavyweight to a heavyweight, so he's getting a more grounded approach. But still, we see the aerial assassin once in a while in this match. It was such a great match. I watched it again last night. The reversals in this match, that one sequence that went from the Sasuke special to the German suplex back to another Sasuke special, just one of the many great reversal sequences in this match. This has to be on my list, and it is sitting there at number three. And I wouldn't be surprised, like to me, if I go back tomorrow or next week or the week after that and say this is a number one match because that match was so damn good. That match was very good, and again, it does make it very difficult because there were so many good matches in 2020. And, and, you know, I think even though, despite it being a really shitty year for most people, wrestling-wise, they still managed to deliver, and as critical as we are of some companies, whether it be AEW, WWE, New Japan at certain times, every single company, I think, has a match that they can point to and say that could have been number one or at least considered for the top five. Since you brought up Wrestle Kingdom, I do have a match that I do have my top two from Wrestle Kingdom, Kingdom, uh, and that is Ibushi and Okada. So I, the match that you were just talking about was a match that I was going to consider to put my top five. I had to go back and watch so many matches between the past couple of nights, and I was like, all right, I remember liking this match a lot. Does it belong in the top five? Should I put it here? Should it be number five? Should it be one, two? Uh, the match that I'm talking about here is Ibushi and Okada. Right, So there were so many things going into this. We knew that Ibushi actually held the win over Okada. He was the guy that won the G1 going on to face Okada here the first night of Wrestle Kingdom, and there was a lot on the line. I think the thing that I liked most about this match was Ibushi was always the guy that was so flashy that the fans loved, and, and he's, he's a great worker. This match really helped show a different side to him. If you go back and watch the match, he was working much stiffer, a much more heel, heelish type of version of him, and Ultimately, down the tail end of this, the stretch of this match, just the back and forth action, how stiff they were working. Okada going out there really, to me, stealing the show like he does so many times, proving that he is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And Obushi showing that he belongs in that category as well, like many people would consider him. But to me, this match was great. So I have this match at number two. I know this is probably something that you considered to put on your list. Or maybe you have it at number one. I don't know. But definitely a good match between the two. And uh, I love the dynamic between Ibushi showing his more heelish side commentary, which I like a lot for New Japan Pro Wrestling, was on point for this uh, and made for another great match between these two. You know, I usually try to incorporate Kazuchika Okada in my top five, but this year, believe it or not, he's not in my top five. But that Okada Ibushi match, definitely one that you could put in the consideration. I would not disagree with you. Uh, obviously, the next night with Okada and Naito is definitely a great match as well. But I think these two matches I'm going to bring up definitely have to be in the conversation of the best matches of 2020. I think a lot of people, if they don't pick the Hangman Page Bucks tag team match or FTR and the Bucks tag team match, I think this match might be in the consideration for the best match of the year. And it's a match that probably a lot of people probably wouldn't even watch because they don't follow this promotion. And that is for the NXT UK Championship, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Now, I have the luxury of watching this match at work because of where I work and we have access to the WWE Network there. So I watched this match at work and this was just 40 minutes of these two just 
beating the ever-loving crap out of each other. Walter just laying those Walter chops that I just love. That They they measure on the Richter scale. That's how loud they are. Yeah. And Dragunov just kept taking them and taking them and taking them. And there was no quit in the man. He just fought back. And the dynamic of the smaller guy versus the bigger guy works so well in this match. Walter being a, a, a guy that taught Dragunov. Obviously playing into this match as well. The chokeout finish was great. That Dragunov didn't tap out. He didn't get pinned. So many near falls. Such a dramatic match. We saw a similar match to this on Sunday with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. And that was a, a match that I thought I was going to put in the top five. But this match just delivered so much better. And if you did not see that match on NXT UK, go back and watch it. October 29th was when the episode aired. Great match. Absolutely great match. It's, to me, today it's number two. Tomorrow I could say that's number one. That's how damn good it was. All right, so this is the moment, the number one match. Hold on. Before you go to the number one match, before you go to the number one match, Ralph, All I right. do want to let, you know, we, we let this out on social media. So on our community page, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, we asked you guys what you thought the best matches of 2020 were. And here's what we got so far from social media. Big C 187 Stevens said Thunder Rosa defeating Allison K for the NWA World's Women title and becoming the first Mexican-born champion. We have Big Booler going with the Bucks versus FTR saying they need more love. Devin Amos, Bucks versus Kenny and Hangman, Kenny versus Pac Iron Man match, Okada versus Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, Rick Johnston. One of the best unknown matches was Lee Johnson versus Ben Carter on AEW Dark. I think the best match I watched was Omega and Hangman versus the Young Bucks. Scott Criscolo messaged us on Facebook saying Io Shirai versus Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley at TakeOver In Your House was one of his favorites. Shay DM'd us on Instagram. He picked the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. The main event on our community page If we can include cinematic ones, I'm sure Ralph will say no, but if we can, I'm going with the Boneyard match. Not to be confused with the Good Brothers Boneyard match and then the Stadium Stampede. And Zero the Hero, he stuck with AEW, going with Hangman versus Pac, the Bucks versus Hangman and Omega, and Cody versus Darby Allin number three. They actually had three matches in 2020, and yes, that third one was very good. So Ralph, without further ado... Your number one match of 2020. So I am going to go along with what you were just talking about with Dragunov and Walter. So this match was awesome. And I think the main thing I want to point out is this. Especially now in 2020 with professional wrestling, it is so hard to convince not just fans, but non-fans when something is supposedly real, right? Everybody who watches wrestling, it's really easy for somebody to say, okay, I get it. You're more open to certain sequences and certain spots. Like we talked about recently with JR being critical of guys going over the top rope, using super kicks, DDT, stuff like that. And you're more open to the fact that these guys are going to kick out of things and certain things look staged and planned. There was none of that in this match. This match was in your face. There was nothing that came across as fake or predetermined. If you were to sit down somebody who had never watched professional wrestling ever a day in their life and said, watch this match, they would probably cringe at some of the stuff they saw. And not because there was thumbtacks or barbed wire or chairs or tables on fire or anything like that, 
just because those two guys went out there and beat the ever-loving crap out of each other. The one thing to me that I love about professional wrestling is when the wrestlers can suspend disbelief and, and, and lead you to believe after all these years that you've watched it, you lose yourself to the point where you think that, you know, it's real or you lose yourself in the moment and you feel like this is a real contest. It's like two guys competing in an octagon and a UFC fight. That's what I felt in this match. Not only did they beat the crap out of each other. I mean, you look at the chest of each of them, the spots, the way that they struggled, uh, even, even with not having fans there with Dragunov, the way he was reacting to everything, talking to himself. Another thing, and especially because, you know, I, I live in the United States. I only speak English. I don't understand the languages they were speaking. But to me, it's just something as simple as that, like not understanding the way they were able, the way they were communicating with each other. You can only kind of assume what they were saying to one another. But it just made for another great element of the match, not knowing what's going on. And you have to kind of look at everything and interpret everything to another extent or even deeper because you don't know what they're saying to one another. The commentary was very good. This to me is everything I love about professional wrestling, going out there and losing yourself in the moment, just being able to react to everything. I thought it was great. And another thing that made it great was it being on NXT UK. It probably didn't get the attention that a lot of people um, would have given for like, let's say like Shawn Michaels and Undertaker back in the day, Ibushi and Okada, Hangman and Kenny versus the Bucks. Like those are big ticket matches that can main event uh, on their respective pay-per-view shows. Now this main evented, or no, actually it didn't even main event. There was another match or a couple of matches that followed this, but the match itself delivered in a big way. And I think that a lot of people overlook it because it was on NXT UK. And if you haven't seen it, you need to see it because the match was that damn good. And it is a throwback to classic style and didn't rely on any flips or dives or anything like that. It was just a good match and a good battle between two guys that went out there and, and busted their ass to deliver. So that is my number one match of the year, Dragunov and Walter. Now mine, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised with if they follow this show. But to me, the number one match, at least for today, for 2020, is FTR versus the Young Bucks. To me, that is the Young Bucks Best tag team match they've ever had. Now, like I said before, Kenny and Paige versus the Bucks, a lot of people consider that to be the best tag team match of all time. I think this one was a little bit better simply because you have this dynamic of FTR being the classic tag team, the Young Bucks being the new style, the PWG style tag team. But yet you have... The leg injury of Matt Jackson and the hand injury of Dax Hardwood, where they basically had to flip-flop their styles. So FTR had to be the PWG style. The Bucks had to be the grounded approach, and they played it off so well. Obviously, the finish playing where um, uh, Cash Wheeler does the flip onto the yep. ring, misses that spot, leads to Nick Jackson with the pin, one, two, three. We were asking for this match for a very long time. In fact... We all know the tweets. One day, the Revival and the Young Bucks will have a match and everyone will rejoice. So a lot of pressure was put on them to make sure this match delivered. And they absolutely did. So to me, that was definitely my match of the year for 2020. Yeah, I got, I got to agree. Definitely a good match. And another one that, you know, I definitely considered. I, I didn't realize how difficult this was going to be to narrow down to five um, because again, when you look at 2020, you have to, when I went back and looked at like the matches and I saw like Abushi and Okada, 
I was like, damn, that was in 2020. Now I have to consider that for the match. Even a good majority of matches on Wrestle Kingdom, especially that first night, were very good matches that, you know, a couple of those could have landed in, in your top five. Um, was there anything that you left off your list that you really thought was going to end up in your top five, like a guilty pleasure? I've got a few. I, one of them, most recently, Roman and Drew, I considered that in there. I, didn't, I took that out because I felt like the build to it wasn't necessarily as good as it could have been. The match delivered, but... Um, yeah, it, it was really difficult to narrow that, down to five. That one definitely was in the consideration. I personally thought Roman and Kevin Owens was a match of the year contender, yep. especially yep. with the build leading towards it. They definitely delivered on Sunday. I think you could have Sasha Banks, a few of her matches this year, whether that was against Io Shirai, whether that was against Asuka, whether that was against Bailey at Hell in the Cell. There were some great matches with her this year that I didn't consider. Obviously, like Scott, I considered EO versus Rhea versus Charlotte at In Your House. Mm-hmm. Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor, I considered. Stuff from the G1 that we didn't even talk about. I thought Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki was the best match of G1. And they, you talk about Walter and Dragunov beating the hell out of each other. They definitely beat the hell out of each other in the G1 as well. There's so many matches. Like, and you even, if we want to talk about cinematic matches or pre produced matches, yep. the Boneyard match, the Stadium Stampede, Street Fight, the Parking Lot Brawl definitely has to be on that list. So, there's, it all depends on your personal taste. And that's why I said this is probably going to be a list you disagree with. Yeah. And even if you look at certain matches like Brody Lee and Cody in the dog collar match, a very good match. You yes. look at, a lot of uh, Cody had a lot of matches that, you know, maybe they wouldn't be considered for best match of the year, but certainly up there as far as, you know, being able to deliver and put on a good match. We talked about, I think somebody mentioned his match with Darby Allen was a very good match. Don't forget Cody Rhodes and uh, Eddie Kingston, when Eddie made his debut on dynamite, that was yep. another very good match that a lot of people, you know, probably be overlooked, but for what that did for Eddie Kingston, that, that essentially got him signed. That got him the attention he he needed so the fans could back him and then ultimately was signed to a contract to AEW. So, yeah, there were a lot of really good matches throughout the year. And, and the good thing, like we talk about right now, this being a good period for professional wrestling, despite it being a crappy year, you got a lot of promotions that are getting a lot of attentions and fans are watching a lot of different promotions. So whether it was new Japan pro wrestling, AEW, even WWE as, as poor as it can be at certain times when it comes time to deliver, whether it was the Royal rumble matches at WrestleMania, wherever the boneyard match, they stepped up and they delivered too. And some of those matches could certainly be considered for match of the year as well. I definitely agree. And like I said, this is definitely a list that you're going to disagree with. That's why we have the comment section. Let us know what you think are the best matches of 2020. Don't forget to like this video and share it all over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SCPB Podcast. We'll see you all in the next episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me again is Ralph Valenti. Thanks for watching the Squared Circle Psycho Babble.